Thank you so much for listening. This is Bloody Podcast, and I am alone. All alone for the rest of my life. No, uh, just for this episode. <laughs> you might be asking, why are you alone, Lori? Well, um, Maria is super busy with work, and I was super busy, and I it was my turn to do an episode. And I procrastinated, per usual, and I was supposed to schedule somebody, and it's the holidays and no one's really available. So I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to do it by myself. And this is the product of that. So I hope you enjoy this episode. We're going to be talking about Chloe Eiling or Ailing, as some people might say. Um, she is a British glamour model. And this one's sort of up in the air. It's sort of a you decide sort of thing. It's a, it's a story about her kidnapping but is it too fantastical to be real? So that is sort of what we're going to be talking about. I'm going to be playing clips from a 60 Minutes Australia episode. If you get a chance, um, I highly recommend 60 Minutes Australia. They have some wonderful uh, episodes on there. 60 Minutes in general, I would say. Like 60 Minutes America is pretty good too. But 60 Minutes Australia is really good. So I highly recommend it. Um, and we're just going to jump in. Uh, give a shout out on Instagram and tell Maria how much you miss her and her uh, <laughs> her storytelling and the way that she plans things out. <clears throat> and, you know, I just want to say uh, before, sorry, before we get started, I just want to say that I, I so appreciate everyone who sends me messages who sends Maria messages, who comments on stuff, who have joined our Patreon, which if you haven't joined, please do. If you just want to leave a donation, you can do a $2 donation or you can um, sign up for $5 or $10 and we put out some episodes, um, usually at the end of the month for people, uh, for our Patreon listeners. And so I just, I can't say enough things how much I love our audience. You guys are awesome and I truly appreciate every single one of you. Uh, and I hope you don't, <laughs> I hope you like this, uh, and you're not like, we are your fans and you're putting us through this. <laughs> All right. I guess that negative talking. So yeah, so let's, uh, let's get into it. I might be stopping and starting here and there. So I apologize if it's a lot. I, uh, I would recommend maybe, and I'll put this in the link in the, in the bio, checking out the, the video, maybe if you want. Um, cause there are some funny moments. They do some funny reenactments and stuff that we can't show through, uh, audio medium. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I will be playing it right now. Chloe Ayling is a stunning and in-demand glamour model. But last July, she was abducted off a street in Italy by two masked men. She was drugged, gagged, and held hostage in a remote farmhouse. The kidnapper's evil intention was to auction Chloe on the internet as a sex slave to the highest bidder. The plan failed, though, because the 20-year-old model brilliantly outwitted her captors. In fact, her escape from the nightmare is so extraordinary and so heroic, it's almost unbelievable. 
Right now, an Italian court is trying to determine the truth in this gripping case. And tonight, it's your chance. Is Chloe Ayling the victim or the mastermind of an elaborate publicity scam? So that is the main crux of the story. I will do some updates at the end of this episode because there is uh, some new things. This was released. Uh, well, it actually, okay, I guess it was released in 2022, but they don't really go into what um, the the court case ended up being. So I will give some updates later. But yeah, so the she was kidnapped and she was going to be sold into sex slavery through a shadowy cabal, and which we'll get into. But, uh, quote-unquote, outwitted her captors, which we'll see is heavy quotes in that. Um, and, uh, all right, so, yeah, let's, uh, let's start the story. This very strange story begins in Colston, South London, where Chloe Ayling lived with her mum and two-year-old son, Ashton. It's a world away from the glitz and glamour of the fashion industry. But back in 2016, Chloe was determined to make it as a model. So she signed on with well-known agent Phil Green. Was she a popular model? She certainly was. In fact, um, I think she was probably the, the most popular model in the agency. Did she ever talk to you about increasing her profile? All the time, yeah. She took the view that if a job gave her additional followers on social media, she would take that over receiving a fee. So uh, this is her manager. They didn't really give his name or I didn't see it, but um, this is something that I will say. So Chloe is, is, she's, you know, attractive. She's an attractive person who's a model. So I feel like there is this like ominous sort of attitude towards wanting to have a social media following that I feel like flows through this, um, but that could just be me. But yeah, she, they say that she, you know, she would, instead of taking a fee, she would take, uh, she would get followers, which I think this was in 2017, 2015, 2017. Um, and I think that, you know, looking back, that was sort of like the beginning, I don't know, of like seeing like true influencers. Right. And, I think that it's just a misguided way of looking at influencers, to be honest with you. It's just like a naive person thinking that this is what is going to get me money is if I get enough followers. So I don't necessarily think that that it's nefarious on her end. I think it's just kind of naive. Um, but yeah, here we go. What sort of work did you usually book her for? Essentially, she was a glamour model. We have a newspaper in the UK called The Daily Star and people buy it just to look at the page three girl. She was one of perhaps 10 or 12 girls that regularly appear in the paper. Green quickly noticed her potential and began to book Chloe on international jobs. In April last year, he received an email from a man called Andre, who wanted Chloe for a photo shoot in Paris. That assignment would be the first twist in this baffling tale, because when she showed up for the job, Andre abruptly cancelled it. So this, <laughs> this we're gonna we're gonna get into where, so you know this is like a long plot. Like they had to plan this, and we'll see 
how truly idiotic this plan is. But so they, somebody named Andre or Andrew makes this, uh, appointment and then cancels it. Right. And then they eventually will ask him like, well, did you do any, did you do any like investigation? It's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I asked asked the normal questions and we'll see that (laughs) in no way are those, are they like good questions? They're just the the stupidest questions you could ask. Anyways, they're not in they're not investigative questions. Basically, to find out if somebody's, you know, not gonna kidnap your model, and rebooked it for three months later in Milan. The original booking with this photographer called Andre. Yeah. Did you check his credentials? Absolutely. Um, I asked him. Right. Does he have a studio? How long has he been operating? What is this job for? Um, can you show me samples of other work that you've done? This is um, all over the phone. Yeah, and uh, and by email. You were satisfied then that he was the real deal? He ticks every box in terms of every straightforward question I would ask virtually every new client. Even though in the end he wasn't? Even though in the end he wasn't, yeah. He. <laughs> so then you re- redo your questions. If, if if he's ticking every box that a client, a normal client would tick of, do you have a studio and, and what pictures do you take and how long have you been, been doing it, you know, and it's just by email, then yeah, you need to redo your questions. Your questions aren't good. I mean, Jesus Christ, dude. In July, when the Milan photo shoot came up, an unsuspecting Chloe arrived at this inconspicuous building. She thought it was Andre's studio, but it was empty. About to put my hand on the door that said studio just to open it to check if anyone was there. Um, And that's when I was attacked from behind. So I'm just going to tell you right now, she's a mumbler. Chloe's a mumbler. Um, I, you know, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, She's got like five pounds of hair. So, you know, I mean, I'm sure it's weighing her down and she's not able to unclench her jaw the way that normal people would. Um, But yeah, there's nothing I can do about it. One person put his arm around my neck and the other hand with a glove on my mouth and my nose. And another masked man rushed in front of me and um, held a syringe to my arm. Obviously, I was trying to fight back because I didn't want that to go into my arm. I was trying to make fast, but I can't fight off two grown men. So they managed to get the syringe into my wrist. And then I was unconscious. What were you injected with? Ketamine. Uh, Ketamine can be a party drug, though, can't it? Have you ever had it before? No. No, I don't do drugs. I don't, I don't even drink, really. Um, I just think it's kind of, I mean, look, I'm nitpicking at this point, but it just seems kind of interesting that she had to throw that, you know how like people who don't do drugs or drink always have to throw it in there. It's like, yeah, I mean, sure. It was, it was in that, in the ballpark of that question, but it, you know, it's like, all right, we get it. You don't do drugs or drink. Um, we get, thank you. And I, I mean, honestly, I would have put it past her to be like, also I'm vegetarian. And I uh, rescued my dog. I didn't, I didn't breed. Um, so, uh, yeah, so she gets ketamine put in her arm, which, you know, again, 
is a little fantastical because it just seems like such a, a unique drug to try and drug somebody with to kidnap them. But I mean, maybe, you know, I, I'm not in the, the business of kidnapping. So maybe those who are who listen to this podcast are like, no, that sounds about right. He's kind of mean all the time. So who knows? We now know the masked men were two Polish-born brothers, 30-year-old Lucas Herber and 36-year-old Michael Herber. The brothers allegedly gagged and handcuffed the unconscious Chloe, zipped her into a duffel bag and threw her into the boot of their car. They then drove to a secluded farmhouse outside Milan. I opened my eyes and I have like restriction on my mouth. Like I didn't know what it was at first. Um, I had hands in my handcuffs and I was like trying to feel where I am. I heard the engine, so I knew I was in a moving car. I was shouting driver, driver, like as loud as I could. They told you to what? Be quiet? Or... No, they didn't say anything. Didn't say a word? Not a word. So she had her mouth duct taped, I thought they said, and then but then she's still shouting. So that's got to be very terrifying is, you know, you've just been kidnapped, you're hopped up on ketamine, um, you know, you're thrown in the back of a car, and you have no idea what's going on, and they're not talking to you, you know. So they're giving you the silent treatment, which in my brain, I immediately would go defensive and be like, why are you not talking to me? What did I do to piss you off? You kidnapped me. Why are you mad at me right now? Why are you giving me the silent treatment? All right, I should be giving you the silent treatment for kidnapping me. So this is where we get into them. Uh, they they kind of take her to this place in Milan and they sort of tell her all this stuff, which is kind of crazy. Like they first start out with the silent dream, right? But then as soon as they get out of the car, they can't shut up about everything that they're going to do. And they tell her that they work for this Romanian gang that also is works for this shadowy uh, cabal or shadowy government called... Uh, the Black Death Group, which, you know, I'm just going to say it. If you work on the dark web or if you're part of a nefarious uh, gang, don't call yourself the Black Death Group, which I I did a little bit of research and it seems like it's mo- probably mostly false. Um, but, I mean, just on the off chance. And we'll see later on. There's some pretty funny stuff that happens with the Black Death Group. Um, but, yeah, so they they share that they're part of the black death group and they, you know, are going to do some, they're going to do some bad things. And, uh, I guess they're called the black death group because the, uh, kidnap models for sex slaves group was, you know, probably taken. The URL was probably bought out. Black death is a ruthless crime gang known for dealing weapons and drugs, but having buxom blonde glamour models abducted, seemed to be a new venture for them. Did they say anything to you about the main motivation? It was to sell me as a sex slave. The auction was supposed to be on Sunday and the starting bid was a 300,000 US dollar ransom. Why do you think they did target you in the first place? I don't know why they specifically asked for me. Because she's, I mean, I don't want to sound like an asshole, but it's because she's attractive, right? I mean, why... (laughs) You know, they're not targeting me. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, uh, I, I mean, am I crazy? that? Why would he ask that question? Why, why do you think they would target an attractive white blonde woman for a sex slave group? I mean, it's, it's sad to say, but 
yeah, that's the reason why they would target her. So, you know, it's, I just think it's, it's so ridiculous. Um, also like, why are they sharing? Like they do so many stupid things throughout this entire thing. Why are they sharing information with her? Like, why are they going like, okay, so, uh, Monday we're going to put you on sale so we can sell you into sex slavery for about $300,000. We're hoping for 400000 but, you know, we're, we'll just hope that the bid keeps going up and up. It's just like, what, what are you, what are you, what are you doing? Why are you talking to her? What? Ugh. Anyways. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm nitpicking. I'm nitpicking the kidnappers. Do you think they may have found you on social media or is that what I you... I guess so. I guess Instagram. Maybe they wanted someone with like a large following or... Humble brag. Maybe they thought that would get, um, get them the ransom they wanted. Chloe says the Herber brothers, working for the Black Death Group, kept her shackled to a chest of drawers in the main bedroom of the farmhouse. The plan was to auction her off as a sex slave, with prospective buyers bidding for Chloe through the dark web. But for such a detailed scheme, extraordinarily, the brothers missed one crucial detail. Yeah, this, <laughs> this is the stupidest fucking thing. I, I have so many weird problems with this moment. Okay, so here, so they're, they, they, right, they do this elaborate plan that's like, possibly a year three months at least three months in advance uh three months planning possibly even longer planning right they kidnap her they bring her here they singled her out we know they they specifically single this woman out and they don't uh focus on one very important thing they said they made a mistake didn't they yes because when they found out you had a little boy yeah child then it was the wrong thing to do yeah well it's, it's not that they wanted me to be with my son it's the fact that it devalues women if you've already had um a child so in terms of a sex slave if you've had a baby it's it's not much good for trade yes they went to a lot of trouble to get you yeah i know it was like months of must have been months of planning and um all the money that it cost there are photos of you and your little boy on your instagram on, account and pregnant yeah and pregnant. Yeah. So if they worked everything else out, how come they made such a basic mistake? Yeah, they said that. Well, Lucas said that he didn't scroll down um, enough to see the pictures because they were from way back. He didn't scroll down long enough. He was. He saw this woman. He wanted to kidnap, and he stopped at like four photos and was like, "All good, boss. We're gonna kidnap her." I mean, Jesus Christ! Also, the fucking balls on these fucking twats. That they are like, oh, you have a child, so you're no longer sexually viable? What? If anything, that to me, that would be more sexually viable. These fucking dudes. All right. You know what? I'm just going to say it. People who are involved in sex slavery are the fucking worst at sex. I'm just going to say it. I don't care who I offend. I'm going to say, it. if you're involved in sex slavery, you fucking suck at sex. The fact that these dipshits think that a virgin that who's never had sex is going to be the best fucking sex they've ever had is the stupidest fucking thing in the whole world anybody you know what i'm just gonna throw it out there if you want a virgin for your first time for for to have sex at all ever if you're like i can only have sex with a virgin because that that's who i want i want a nubile young virgin you fucking suck at sex you are terrible at sex I have never once, no, I've not gone into a restaurant and been like, is the chef new? 
I only want new chefs. I only want somebody who has never gone to culinary school, who's never done. I want, I want you to throw a mess of recipes at him and I want to see how he does because that's how I like my food cooked, you know, uh, nervously and without, without knowing the proper way to do things. And I'm not saying I'm good at sex. I'm not great at sex. I'm not, I will be the first to say it. I still have a lot to learn. All right. But I'm saying that I want somebody with experience with somebody who's like, yeah, this is what I like. This is what I don't like, which is what everyone should want. It's so fucking stupid that these dipshits want. Oh, I can't. I mean, I should be mad at them just for the fact that they're sex. They go into the sex slave trade, but this really fucking pisses me off. This is, don't do sex slaves. Don't be, don't, don't get involved. Just don't. I'm not even going to do a caveat. It's awful. It's truly awful. So just don't do it. So they did all that other planning, but That's they didn't idea. scroll down the Instagram account enough. If you're going to do, all right, I'm going to do one caveat. If you're going to kidnap somebody uh, for the purpose of sex slave, and then you also know that you're, you know, the old fat, you know, dickless jagoff that wants this nubile young virgin, uh, you know, maybe do some research. Maybe scroll all the way to the end of the Instagram. That's, you know, just a suggestion. Mm-hmm. Chloe says the kidnappers discarded their plan to auction her off when they discovered she was a mother. The Herber brothers simply didn't think they could make any money. I am sure that this experience properly exposed to the media will kickstart her career. So, okay, we're going back to the manager. He receives an email from them. And this is where it gets weird. So they they do all this they do all this planning to get to kidnap her to get her to Milan to kidnap her. They get a house. They they chain, chain her up in the house. They're gonna put her um, up for auction, and then for however how whatever happens, they find out that she's pregnant. Probably because she's like, I'm pregnant. I have a boy. I have a baby boy. And they're like, what? What? None of our notes showed this. <laughs> We didn't, we, we didn't get, the, we didn't, we didn't get this intel. Um, and they, so they go, okay, what could we do? What would be the best way to, uh, to get, to, to, to make this a profitable, profitable venture? They're like, I know we'll message the manager and ask for a ransom but also say like, hey, maybe leak this to the press and, and get some publicity on this because this will really help her career. Because now they care. Now they're like, oh, we want your son. <laughs> we want you to become well known and make a lot of money because we want your son to have a good life. What? This makes no fucking sense. So okay, so they they're messaging the the manager to be like, hey, uh, give us money for her to come back. But also, you know, this might be. This might be good for her, her in the long run. Instead, they came up with an even stranger idea. They emailed Chloe's agent, Phil Green, demanding cash for her release, but also suggesting he could profit by selling. So I'm just going to interrupt because they show part of the email. And it says in the email, it says, I will do what is in my power as I am a very well-respected member of the group to drop the amount as low as possible and pay remainder myself if that's necessary. Black death rules do not allow me to pay all myself. Well, the bylaws are going to, that's where they get you, you know. 
the un the Black Death Union is is just uh it's very um you know, it's insular. You can't really you can't get your foot in the door. And the union reps really just don't care. You know, they're they're older, they just don't care like the younger people do. I also cannot just release her as the sentence for that would be death for both myself and Chloe. Well, that's awkward. As a part of a rule that no merchandise leaves Black Death unpaid. I will do my best to slow the process down, but you must, as her manager, contact these people as a matter of urgency and see how much help they can offer, otherwise she will be gone forever. Also, please contact blank. This is Chloe's mother. Tell her that the situation is, but under no circumstances, this email or its contest must be released to the public. I am risking my life by writing it to you. Telling her story. Well, that's bizarre, isn't it? What sort of kidnapper talks about a media career for their abductee? Exactly. Yes. I'm sorry I've kidnapped you, but this would actually do you a lot of good. But yes. it gets more inexplicable. To prove the threats to harm Chloe were serious, the brothers sent Phil Green specific information about themselves and the crime gang they were working for. <laughs> this is the fucking best. This is the best. Very detailed, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, they uh, they give um, email addresses for the Black Death Group. They give email addresses for... For the Black Death Group at Black Death Group at bitmessage.ch or Black Death Group at safe-mail.net. Just in case the other one kicks back. Just in case. Just in case the other one takes you to spam. I have two. We got all the we got all the Black Death Group emails. We, <laughs> we're a shadow organization that deals in illegal drugs and crime, and we're, you can respond to us through Black Death Group <laughs> at bitmessage.ch. Oh my god! Oh my god! I don't know why I find that so funny. Oh my god! Oh, it just, <laughs> I just imagine <laughs> them being like, if they had kids and they were like, you know, reaching out to a teacher to be like, hi, I'd like to talk to my, about, about my kids' grades. Could you email me back at blackdeathgroup at bitmessage.ch? Or if that kicks back, could you email blackdeathgroup at safe-mail.net? <laughs> And here's my phone number. <laughs> here's my... Oh, my God. That's so funny. Oh, my gosh. Okay. All right. So, <laughs> so they, they really wanted to get a hold of them. Oh, that's too funny. Uh, phone number contacts. Whoever wrote them has watched far too many bad Hollywood movies. I think so. Yeah. They're just also fucking idiots. So this is where she stayed, where they kept her? Yes. And, and I came. They shackled her? They shackled her, understand. In the bedroom? Yes. Can you show me? Yes. Seven months ago, Fabrizio Pratti rented his home to Michael Herber, who claimed to be an artist looking for an isolated spot to work. This is where she slept? You came. 
handcuffed. Handcuffed yeah. knees. Fabrizio, uh, with a young woman handcuffed to this chest, were there any screams? Did the neighbours hear any screams? No, they hadn't heard anything. Nothing out of the ordinary. And everything was quiet. But after a couple of days of being chained up, Chloe says things suddenly changed with Lucas Herber. So this is where we're going to get into a little bit of the, you know, remember in the in the beginning I said this is kind of a you decide kind of thing. This is where we're going to get into a little bit of the like, this is a little too out of the, you know, normal. Um, I it, Already it seems a little fantastical. I'm... I'm going to go ahead with the opinion uh, that, that this is real, that she has, she was kidnapped. Right. So, um, but I, I also want to kind of sh show you guys like other things that are, you know, being brought up that are like, why possibly it's not real. Right. And so this is one of those things is that like, you know, as the owner of the house said, this woman who apparently was screaming as loud as she possibly could when she was in the car, being taken to the the house um she now gets into this house and is being told that she's going to be sold for sex slavery but doesn't make a peep she doesn't you know nobody hears anything nobody nobody uh you know uh it's very quiet in this town right and so um that sort of that puts up a little bit of red flags another uh thing we're gonna they're gonna share here is that her and uh, Luca Lucas uh, kind of develop a little bit of a relationship that you know it, it's it doesn't really make sense if you're if this is somebody who kidnapped you. She says he seemed to take pity on her. He took her to the local village, and on one occasion, even went shoe shopping with her, where they were caught on CCTV walking hand in hand. Now I will say we all know. So this is why I'm I'm of the opinion that this is real. We all know that, you know, it, it's not necessarily Stockholm Syndrome, but we know that, like, when you're under stress and duress, and, and we've seen this with other kidnapped victims, that, you know, they do go on outings. You know, they do go out with people. They go out and they, you know, hang out and, you know, they'll talk and stuff, and they still go back to their captor because they're... they're you know, they sort of been brainwashed a little bit and because they're under such stress and duress and emotional and physical abuse that, you know, it completely changes the way that they view reality and common sense. And so, you know, there have been women and men who've been kidnapped who, you know, they're out and about and they're with their captor and, you know, and so that to me doesn't seem necessarily out of the norm um to me but i mean you know this it's just another thing that could potentially lean towards not being true did the neighbors notice anything at all did they see them they saw them eating doing the shopping as if they lived together normally a couple on holidays Seeing them do the shopping, take the shopping inside together, eating pizza in the garden, for them, it was totally normal. They could never have imagined what we discovered later. One of the witnesses in the village said that you looked very comfortable, that you were sort of sharing a few laughs with him while you were shopping. I wasn't laughing, we were just walking. When you were in the shop, couldn't you have just made a run for it with people around you? No, 
because there was still, he said, black death agents nearby that were watching you. He was armed at all times. He made me believe that even if I managed to escape, I would still be killed. I had. Yeah, see, that to me makes it seem like, you know. Now, do I think that maybe it's a little fantastical that she believed that or, or maybe it's a little ridiculous? It, it, it could be, but, you know, I mean, she's been taken. She's been taken from this location. So, you know, I, I don't know. I think that <laughs> this is where uh, Marie and Cash would probably be like, Laurie, shut up. Um, I think it, it, it does lend itself to me to believe her, but, you know, um, I would say that, again, this is, you know, another thing where it's just like, it might not be. Also, it does seem a little weird that she has to like defend herself that she wasn't laughing with, with the guy. It's like, you know, it's, <laughs> that's not the end of the world. So. To go about this the right way. Why did you believe him? He was just so convincing in everything he would say. Like, if I'd ask him a question about anything, he would answer in so much depth, no hesitation at all. But Chloe had her own plan. And after six days in captivity, she'd established enough rapport with Lucas Herber, she was able to charm him into an extraordinary undertaking. He agreed to set her free, even before any ransom money was paid. Was there a relationship between you and Lucas? Not sexually, no, but I had to say, right, well, after I'm released, I promise I'll, I'll do that and I'll meet you and stuff. So I gave him that hope, and then that's why he really trusted me and, I guess, set me free. That's kind of, I kind of believe that because it does seem, I, I mean, I don't know, just these two loser dudes who, like, you know, are just the fucking idiots, and then they kidnap this woman who's just, like, you know, uh, I wouldn't say the brightest bulb in the drawer. And, uh, and so I could see them both, all of them just like, tr you know, trying to outwit each other <laughs> in a, in a winless scenario. And she's just like, yeah, I'll totally have sex with you if you get me out. And he's like, what? What? Oh my God. Yeah. I'm just making it. I don't know what accent that is, but yeah. Effectively, then you tried to make him fall in love with you. Yes in order to survive. Yes, everything I did was to survive. When Chloe was set free, Lucas Herber brought her here to the British consulate. She was under instructions to identify him only as her friend, which she did. He also released her on the condition that when she get back to the UK, she find a way to pay him 50,000 pounds or be killed. But here's where the story takes another strange twist. Turns out they got here too early. The consulate wasn't open. So they calmly popped in next door for a nice breakfast. The kidnapper takes you to breakfast. He says, I'm going to release you. I'm going to set you free. But just before I do that, I'll just go and get some bacon and eggs. I don't think he ate. He just had a juice. I can't remember. It's very strange. I know. Why would your abductor go to all that trouble to kidnap you and then simply hand you in? Because he still demanded money from me on my release but he wasn't getting any money. But I was supposed to pay it within a month. I was literally like stressing about how am I gonna pay this money? And like, even when I was at, in um, the Italian police station, I was thinking, why am I answering these questions when that was my rule not to? Like... But what sort of kidnapper releases their victim and puts them on some sort of honor system to pay the money back when they get home? Because I was so brainwashed into thinking that if I don't do it, I'm just gonna die. That was my, my mindset, I had to do it. 
otherwise I will just not come out alive. Why didn't you tell the Italian police that you'd been shoe shopping with one of your abductors? Well, I like brushed it off at first because this interview was like 15 hours at the place, so I was just super tired. So she, this is a, a one thing I noticed is I kind of cut a little bit out of this, just FYI. So that's why I said to go and, and watch it if you have a chance. Um, but there's a, a beginning episode that's a little bit of a montage of some interviews and stuff that she did um you know about the kidnapping and and you notice in the interviews in the very short cl clips that she kind of reiterates the same thing over and over again that and like this she said she brushed it off um so she that's sort of her way of saying like she you know ignored the question or chose not to answer it um and this reporter kind of presses her a little bit but she still is just sort of like refuses to answer um you know be more specific i guess but when you say brushed it off I just said I don't know. Is that a euphemism for lying by omission? No, I just said I don't know. Like... Chloe, that's a pretty important point though, isn't it? What do you mean? To go shoe shopping with the person who kidnapped you. I mean, I've heard of Stockholm Syndrome. I've never heard of shoe shopping syndrome. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> I did like that a lot. She's like, yeah, yeah, no, no, that makes sense. And... No surprises, Lucas Herber was arrested on the spot and was joined soon after in police custody by his brother. But with Michael Herber's capture, this case took another turn. He claimed Chloe was in on the whole thing right from the start, a grand plan to make easy money. In fact, Lucas and Chloe had become Facebook friends way back in 2015. So she's given various accounts. And according to Michael's lawyer, George Hepburn Scott, Together, they were the masterminds of this strange publicity stunt. So this is another, you know, this is another caveat of, like, maybe it's faked. Although, I will say they don't ever really share if there's, like, concrete proof that she planned it. Like, there's nothing in that I saw that's in writing that says, okay, you're going to kidnap me to get, you know, for me to get famous. What does he say, Michael? Does he say he's completely innocent? He says he's completely innocent. Um, he, he says that he met her with his brother. She appeared to be perfectly free. She appeared to be relaxed, happy. He said in his statement that she appeared to be an attention seeker. Um, but for the short period of time that he was with them both, she seemed completely happy and relaxed and no difficulties. If you believe his story, then how do you explain Chloe's story? What I can say is that there are a number of anomalies that make it at the very least an extremely unusual um, kidnapping situation. If this were to go to trial in England, I think there'd be an enormous amount of cross-examination material for her, an enormous amount for a jury to consider as to whether or not they are satisfied so that they're sure that this crime actually did take place. Michael now says it was a normal relationship between you and Lucas. What do you mean a normal relationship? Well, there was no kidnapping plan, plot, it never happened. The last time he saw you and Lucas together, it was just a normal relationship. You know, in the, when they, I watched this the first, uh, uh, watched this before I recorded it. And when she said that before, I thought, what do you mean? What do you mean? Normal relationship. But now, I mean, even if, let's say, even if they, she's, they're right. She lied. She met Lucas on Facebook. They got, they concocted this plan for her and Michael 
to, you know, fake a kidnapping to get her followers. That's still not a normal relationship. <laughs> That's so, yeah, I mean, it's like, what, what is, what, I mean, he doesn't really answer the question, but what do you mean a normal relationship? In no way, either scenario, it's not a normal relationship. That doesn't even make sense. That's not true. No, not sure. After she was released, Chloe returned home to England and was quick to call a press conference on her front lawn. To say anything further until I've been debriefed. The world expected to see a traumatized, fragile victim, but what they got was a flashy, unflappable publicity hound. This woman's first-hand account. I think we're perfectly entitled to ask you difficult questions. Yeah, that's fine. I can answer all of them. Ugh, Pierce Morgan. I mean. You know, can we just stop pretending like Pierce Morgan is a is a journalist or has any integrity whatsoever? He's a fucking twat. He probably likes virgins, you know? I mean, that's probably what, what he's got going on. Um again, you know, I will say that's another that that's another reason why I think that she is telling the truth because you know, I, I there's this weird attitude that people have that you have to be in tears and you have to be mournful and you have to have like this, you know, you have to be a proper victim sort of thing. And it's like, that's not everyone's thing. That's some people, she could be shell shocked that some people just don't, they don't, uh, you know, work through things the way that it, that all of we do basically. I I'm a little tongue tied and lost for words, but you know, it's just, I, I get a little frustrated when people are like, oh, they're not, you know, they're not crying. They're not emoting the way that I want them to. So I don't believe them. Well, that, that's, that's you. That's on, that's on you. Um, but I mean, you know, <laughs> on the other hand, <laughs> I'm, I'm waffling, waffling, uh, what is it? Waffling or waffling? I don't know. Freaking idea. Um, I'm, uh, I'm constantly dancing the line on another hand, you know, it's just, it is interesting that you would think she she said in the interview in a, in a couple minutes ago she said that she wasn't she didn't want to inter- answer questions from the Italian consulate because she was so stressed out she was told that she can't answer you know talk about anything and then she also was worried about how she's going to pay back this 50,000 pounds and then now she's just going on television doing whatever whatever the hell she wants but i mean you know on the other <laughs> I could just talk myself in circles. On the other hand, she, you know, they've been arrested. So maybe she feels, but then again, the black death group, you know, they, they could have sent an email to black death group at, <laughs> at safe dash mail.net or whatever the hell the email was. So, you know, they could have, they could have sent an email and said like, you know, code five, we've, we've got a, we've got a runner. So who knows? The increase in your profile. Yeah. The increase in publicity plays into people's skepticism, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, definitely. If I was just like a normal-looking older older woman, then I would be getting sympathy and everything. But because I look how I do and I do glamour, then people automatically would associate that with publicity. So it's not fair. The very first ransom demand mentioned the fact that this whole episode would increase your media profile and kickstart your career. Yeah, I don't know why he did that. That line has led to other people thinking that you were 
part and parcel of this. People are questioning me for his tactics, and I can't, I don't know how his mind works and what his intention was, so. Well, because they think you're in cahoots with him. But I'm not. Not as his victim? No. But you categorically say that didn't happen? Did not happen. I am confident that I, I do believe Chloe, although she was a bit, the story was unbelievable at, at the beginning. In Italy, the trial of the Herber brothers has begun. Who to believe has divided the country. But according to Chloe's lawyer, Francesco Pesci, she has managed to persuade the only people who really matter in this baffling tale. The prosecution is convinced of her story. Of all the crimes you could commit in Italy, kidnapping is one of the worst. It is, yes. And the penalties are severe. In this case, it's 20 to 25 years, and it, it would be easier to get, get away with murder than kidnapping. If I'm sitting here thinking, Chloe Ayling's lying, I'm also thinking, why would you lie in order to put two innocent men in jail exactly. for a, long, for a yeah. long time? I know, it doesn't make sense. Are you certain these brothers are guilty? Certain, yeah. 100%. 100%. If they're found guilty, they'll be locked up for a long time. Well, so they deserve it. Being the victim of a headline-grabbing abduction has already proven very lucrative for Chloe Ayling. She's been offered jobs worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. The interview requests are piling up. And there's a book deal in the works. Perhaps we too have become pawns in Chloe's grand plan for fame and fortune. And whether it's a kidnapping gone wrong or a publicity stunt gone right, one thing's for sure. This is a story of our times. The suggestion that you've completely made all this up, does that offend you? It doesn't offend me, no. Because I get it, like, there's people that are just picking parts of the story and they don't know, because it's such a complicated story, they don't know everything, what happened and all the details, and so... I see why people have doubts, because it does look, like, if it wasn't me, I would think, like, it's just, it's crazy. But um, it doesn't affect me, because after going through something so bad, like, the opinions of people that don't even know me or know the full story is just not going to affect me. You think because you've survived, anything else is secondary? Because, like, that was just so bad, what I went through, that what is some opinions to me is just it's not going not gonna to touch me. All right, so that's the 60 Minutes episode of Chloe Ailing. So let me give some information on, uh, let's see, on Lucas Erba. He was sentenced to 17 years for his part in the kidnapping, but then that was dropped to, I believe, five and a half years. Um he let's see um <clears throat> he uh michael erba i haven't really found anything is uh i believe that they there still may be uh investigation going on um regarding him but i think that his uh his brother was done they they also said in a couple articles um, that he, uh, that they, they came up with this movie 
from a uh, a movie called By Any Means, which was a story that they said was pretty similar to um, what actually happened. So uh, it was. It looks like it was a British film. All right. So yeah. Uh, oh, and then another interesting thing that I was going to say was that the manager who, uh, who, who, you know, was the one who booked the job for her and then also was the one that they had emailed. He said that he, you know, he, they emailed and then he paid for her to come back to England. And then as soon as she came back to England, she signed with another agency. Um, so he was upset about that. (laughs) So, uh, you know, I mean, I guess, uh, I guess they, you, you know, you can't win. You can't win for trying. Um, so yeah, so that's, it's kind of your decision. What do you think? Um, oh, her book, she did write a book. It's called, uh, the kidnapped, the untold story of my abduction. Um, and so, yeah, I think that, uh, you know, it's, it, look, I think the only people who know the truth are the, the three people in, uh, in, um, they're all telling different versions. So I don't know if we'll ever truly know what, what happened, but I, I don't personally feel like she's faking it. Um, I think that it's just, uh, I think maybe what happened was, you know, it was a kidnapping where he, he genuinely, I think maybe thought this would help her career. And then it just, uh, got out of hand and he thought by doing all this crazy stuff, she would fall in love with him. And that is not what happened. And yeah, so that's it. I hope you guys have a great holiday. Uh, I don't know if we'll be doing another one before the holidays. So if we don't, I hope you guys have a wonderful holiday and yeah, just, uh, be safe, be kind to each other and we'll 